Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. And you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. It's uh, sort of a way to uh, get found time. I I find that uh, you can actually multitask uh, because you can listen when you're driving or cleaning or cooking or whatever it is. Uh, so, and you can get a free trial uh, by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth, uh, where you can check it out for yourself and see what I'm talking about. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, continues to gain recognition as a great resource for business and uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, everything from sales to tax issues to hiring to uh, legal, social media, motivation, you name it. If it is a topic that has to do with being successful in business or sales, chances are good I am talking with someone who has expertise in that area. And that is what has been uh, making this such a great experience for so many people. Uh, we have such a guest today. My guest is Ada Tarkey. Ada is the author of the book, Evidence-Based Recruiting and the CEO of ECA, a data-driven executive search firm helping private equity firms with their talent needs. Prior to founding ECA, Ada worked six years as a management consultant. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ada. Thanks for having me, Diane. And I, I can just start by saying that I live in Los Angeles and I can attest to the fact that audible.com has completely transformed my own drive time. Aha. And I'll bet those drive times are long. Yes. 
more time in the car in Los Angeles than anywhere in the world. Yeah, that, that is one of the downsides to being there. I, I totally get that. Um, so we're, we're going to be talking about recruiting, which is such a huge uh, issue these days. Uh, so many business owners, I find, are just really struggling with, with finding really good talent. And um, you, you uh, have this phrase, uh, post and pray job ads, and you say they don't work. And I am curious what they are and why they are no longer working. We um, suppose some pay job ads are when when you are a company and you're trying to recruit top performers um, or really critical talent to your organization. Um, what most companies do is that they go and post it on a job board, they get on their knees and close their hands and start praying <laughs> that they'll get a few good candidates to apply. <laughs> and. The, that really doesn't work anymore because we are in an era of a 50-year low in terms of unemployment rates. Yeah. And the best, best candidates are not going to be on job boards and looking for a new job. The best candidates are already in the job and they're being given phenomenal opportunities by their current employers. And let me put it this way. Out of the last 10 CEOs that we placed, none of them came from a job board. Hmm. We placed wow. all those jobs on job boards as well. And we got hundreds of applicants for these CEO roles because everyone wants to be a CEO or a lot of people want to be a CEO. Right. But none of the candidates that we placed came from a job board. All of the 10 last candidates we placed in that role were people that we identified and reached out to and, um, made them realize that this is a really good opportunity, that it's a really good fit for their skills, um, and they should take a few moments to talk to us. Interesting. Okay. So would you say that um, that's what small business owners should be doing? They should be trying to find people who they want to talk to? That's right. So what LinkedIn has done for small business owners is that it really has leveled the playing field for them when it comes to talent acquisition and recruiting. Hmm. You go back 10 years ago when I started my business, LinkedIn only had 70 million users. Today it has about 600 million users, so 10, wow. almost 10 times that number, nine times that number in the last 10 years alone. And why is that important? Because if you go back 10 years, the only companies that could afford to do the kind of like active outreach to candidates, if you will, were the companies that either had invested massively in building their own internal talent acquisition teams or could afford to pay $100,000 plus for an executive recruiter to come in and help them. Now you don't need to make those types of investments in, in terms of kind of like building a massive team. You can have a very specialized small team. You could do it yourself as a small business owner. If you're recruiting a new CFO or you're recruiting a new VP ops, you could go on LinkedIn and find hundreds of candidates within minutes, uh, vet them and reach out to them and see, okay, are you interested in this role? Is this a role you'd like to talk to me about? 
and it makes such a difference in terms of the quality of the candidates you're going to get for the role. Wow, it sounds like it. Okay. So talk to me some about um, some of the most innovative ways companies are, you know, the, the processes they're using to attract talent. So, so there's LinkedIn, which I think is great. Are there others? Yes. Um, see, the, the most critical step in improving your talent acquisition and recruiting processes is to create a feedback loop. Ooh. That's starting to, yeah, that's what I mean by that is you you have to do closed loop experiments. You have to do an experiment, measure if it worked. If it worked, you double down on it. If it didn't work, then go try something else. And there it's important to understand what it is that you're measuring and what it is that you're trying to improve. Because in recruiting, um, the time until you see if it's working out or not could be years long. If you go and hire someone and you want to see if this person was a great hire, um, it could take two, three years before you figure out if this person is a star hire or not. Yeah. So you have to peel the layers of the onion back and say, okay, let me see how many candidates I'm talking to that I'm really excited about. And did these folks come from job boards or did they come from my active outreach? Or maybe they came from referrals. Maybe they came from a different job site like ZipRecruiter, which is a job aggregator for job boards uh, where you post it to one, one site and they post it to 50 plus sites on, on their own. Then you go to the next step and say, okay, uh, when I'm trying to interview candidates, how can I assess if they are going to be a good fit for this role? How can I predict on the job success? And you use a couple of methodologies but then you don't try to wait two, three years to see if they became a star performer or not. You start to kind of like use the concept of leading and lagging indicators. Leading indicators are things that you can see fairly quickly. Lagging indicators are things that can take years before you notice if you've done a good decision or not. But you don't have to wait three years to see if someone's a superstar or not. You'll already start getting a few indications of that within months of someone starting. Are they productive? How do you think about the quality of the work? How happy are people at your company about that hire on a scale of one to 10, for instance? How happy is the hire with the fact that they started working with you? And by creating that feedback loop and making that feedback loop as short as possible, you can learn from your methodologies and incrementally improve. That is the biggest gap I'm seeing in most recruiting organizations today. Really? That's really interesting to me. Yeah. So, so what are they doing? They're just hiring them and then like a year or two years down the road, sort of looking at it and saying, hmm, you know, what, what are they doing that they, that, that is getting in their way? 80% of organizations in America are not even measuring the quality of their hires. Wow. The quality of their employees. Now, if they're not measuring the quality of the hires, they certainly are not measuring the quality of the hiring techniques. Yeah. <laughs> so what a lot of organizations do is that they do go through a sophisticated hiring and interviewing process. The length 
of the average time for someone to get hired has doubled over the last 10 or so years, where candidates are asked to go through more steps, more interviews, more assessments, um, but the quality of hiring processes has not necessarily gone up. Just because you do something more sophisticated doesn't mean that you're improving it. Um, I compare it to someone who does a very sophisticated rain dance and then five days later it rains, but was it because your rain dance was very sophisticated or was it going to rain anyways? <laughs> um, unless you kind of like really actually go and see if what you did caused, had a causal relationship to the better hiring processes, you're not really learning much. I think that is great. That, that um, I really appreciate that information. I, I think that is so interesting. I think it's tragic that, that more businesses aren't paying closer attention to, I mean, this is a critical part of being successful or not. That's right. So if you go back just 15 years ago, the saying in marketing used to be, half of my spend is wasted. I just don't know which half. Yeah. <laughs> and Google has completely transformed that because marketing organizations used to take the same approach, where it was a very intuitive approach. People would kind of like obsess about what would make a good marketing campaign versus not. But they wouldn't really measure uh, in a lot of very ways if they were improving things or not. They would just kind of like spend a lot of time and energy on making the best campaign they could, and then they would release it, and then they would do the exact, exact same thing over and over and over again. And what Google said is, no, we're going to measure every single variable that could result in a better marketing campaign versus not. And today, it's almost unimaginable that you would deploy a large marketing budget without trying to take a more data-driven approach to it, without right. trying to create that feedback loop. Yeah. And executives I'm talking to at Amazon, at Google, at other leading companies are telling me, Ada, recruiting really is moving in the same direction as marketing did 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah. Every year it's becoming more fact-based, evidence-based, and we are starting to see leading companies are creating these feedback loops. That is really interesting. I love uh, the idea of feedback loops. I, I really... Um, appreciate that I, th because they're so valuable in, in so many different ways. Now, do, does this um, process work for finding people um, no matter what the position is, or does it really work for finding C-suite? That is a very good question. Um, no, I would say it works for a vast majority of positions. Okay. And there are definitely positions where the old school Rolodex approach works better, where you need to build a very specialized uh, Rolodex of the few individuals in the industry or with a specific skill set, and that can become a more effective way of recruiting those folks. Um, there are also ways where you do need to apply, uh, maybe it's not active outreach, but um, you could use job boards, uh, but still creating the feedback loops, I would argue is important for almost every position you're recruiting for. So we worked with 
a um, vocational school, a college, if you will, that had a big problem because they had tried to recruit more admission reps over the years. They had five different locations and they weren't able to do that. And they were using these job board ads. And using job board ads was the most effective way for them to, to recruit folks because a lot of the admission reps that they were looking for were not even available on LinkedIn. Um, they, they didn't have a LinkedIn profile at the time. But even within the job board methodology, the post and pre methodology, we managed to more than double the number of qualified candidates for them by creating these small feedback loops. And the things you could do is to look at which job boards are we posting on, historically, which job boards have we gotten the most qualified candidates from, how often are we refreshing our postings, which days of the week are we posting, which hour of the day are we posting, what is the title of the job, uh, how effective is the job position, and by trying to isolate one of those variables at a time and then running small experiments and these rapid experimentation projects where you set up a very rapid experiment with a specific hypothesis, you test it, you learn, and you improve, we managed to find about a dozen different variables in these job ads that we could optimize. And when you optimize 12 different criteria, over time, we, and it wasn't a long time, it was about a month to two, we managed to double the number of qualified applicants they were getting. Wow. That's a lot. You know, that, that, that makes a big difference. Um, I have a question for you about that, but first I want to take a sponsor break and then continue. Accelerate Your Business Absolutely. Growth. Okay, <laughs> Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Uh, as many of you know, audible.com is just a tremendous uh, resource of uh, spoken digital audio entertainment and information. So they have thousands of titles uh, for audiobooks. They also have podcasts, Audible originals, uh, guided meditations, and more. It, it's pretty incredible, all of the uh, content that audible.com is uh, amassing these days. Uh, and I will say um, that one of my favorite audiobooks is actually Evidence-Based Recruiting by our guest, Ada. Uh, one of the things that I love most about it, uh, besides the fact that the book is really good, is that because it's an audiobook, I can listen to it anywhere I want and also across devices. So I can get in my car and listen to it, and then I can continue to listen to it even when I'm not in my car. I, I, it's just such a great, you know, in this day and age, it's just so much easier to uh, get the information that I'm looking for. Uh, so, and I think um, you would enjoy that as well. So we're offering a free trial. If you go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you can get that trial. You can explore uh, the variety of audiobooks and programs that they have for yourself, figure out what you like the most. And I think you'll see that it's a pretty good um, fit for you and your world. Uh, we are speaking with Atatarki about recruiting great talent. So Atta, before the um, sponsor break, 
you know, we were talking about recruiting great talent. And what would you say to a small business owner who's thinking to themselves, okay, seriously, why would I go through the trouble of finding better talent when I can't even find talent to begin with? Like, I need people. Why, why am I bothering to go through this whole process when I just need, uh, you know, butts and seats? What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. And before I come back to that question, I also wanted to add to what you were saying about Audible. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite pieces of content on audible.com is the great courses where they make courses from top tier universities like Yale available to uh, the masses, folks like me who never attended Yale. (laughs) And I've so much enjoyed listening to Yale courses on on, um, audible.com. Oh, that's great. Thank you for adding that. That's terrific. Yes, and uh, coming back to your question uh, of business leaders who are saying, why would I even bother with trying to find better talent where I can't even find talent to begin with is a lot of organizations, I see that they're kind of like just treading water when it comes to finding talent, where it's not about kind of like finding just warm bodies that can fill a seat. It really is about finding great folks who do great work. One of the um, health services organizations we worked with. Um, when we started working with them, we noticed that they had 40% annual churn of, wow. of their nurses. So every year they're replacing 40% of their nurses. That's a lot. Yeah, no kidding. And on top of the fact that they have to go and spend all this time finding these folks, interviewing these folks, and getting them uh, to get into these seats. Uh, whenever a person leaves an organization, they're taking a lot of that tribal knowledge with them, a lot of the kind of like institutional knowledge they've built up, routines, etc. And when you're getting someone new into that seat, it takes them some time to become as productive. So when we sat down and looked at how much it costs them when a person is leaving, um, their CFO said that, okay, for an average nurse, in terms of kind of like the ramp time before they become productive and start knowing our systems and can kind of like take care of patients, et cetera, mm-hmm. they calculated that it was about six months salary that it wow. cost them to get someone to become fully productive. And imagine, Every year, 40% of their nurses were leaving, uh, and they had to find replacements for them. Mm. And the part of what we, we did with them is to talk to the hospital administrators and educate them on the fact that, yes, you are having a difficult time finding employees to begin with, but you really are not doing yourself a favor by filling these seats with warm bodies. Uh, what you need to do is to focus a little bit more on the quality of the hires, be a little bit more patient, um, spend a little bit more resources on finding good people. And when you do that, eventually you'll bring down your churn rate 
a number of or percentage of annual employees who are leaving from 40% to 30% to 20%. And you can stop kind of like wasting so much time on finding new people, training new people, and you'll start freeing up some of your time to be able to um, find better and better people. Yeah. Wow, that's a great example. That is crazy. So you'll start a positive cycle by, by doing that. Yeah. Uh, when, if you're caught in that vicious cycle of, I don't even have enough people, chances are that it's because you're not really spending time on finding quality people. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Now, I mentioned during the sponsor break that, that you've written a book, um, Evidence-Based Recruiting, and I really you know, would love it if you would share with the listeners what evidence-based recruiting is and how it's different from like traditional recruiting. It's a fact-based approach to improving your hiring processes. It takes the guesswork out of hiring uh, and it doesn't mean that you no longer listen to your intuition. It still incorporates your intuition into the hiring process, but it augments that intuitive approach with you understanding the fact base better and making more kind of like data-driven decisions about how you improve various stages of the hiring process. Okay. Um, so that feels to me like, I mean, I can see that being really valuable for large companies. Um, I, I guess I'm struggling with the benefit to small How does it companies. Translate to smaller yeah. Ones? Mm -hmm. I compare it to going to the doctor. Not every doctor you're going to go to is going to be working at an academic institution. My wife's a doctor and she works at UCLA, which is a research-based institution. And you could go to your own uh, independent physician practice and say, I have back pain. And you don't really want your doctor to say, Dan, that's great. Let's set up a 20-year-long double-blinded study so we can really find out <laughs> from a scientific perspective why you have back pain. Right. <laughs> but you also don't want your doctor to say, okay, my gut feeling is telling me that you really need to do more exercise. Yeah. Um, instead, what you want your doctor to do is to apply an evidence-based method where they know the fact base they know how to ask you clarifying questions and dig a little bit deeper. And you also want the doctor to make the decision together with you because you know yourself the best. And that's what the role of the recruiter is becoming. And that's how hmm. small organizations can take advantage of this approach without having access to all that kind of like internal information. They can yeah. learn some of the external information, which I've done a phenomenal job summarizing in my book, of course, uh, <laughs> and best practices. Um, but by understanding those best external best practices and um, what works um, and clarifying the situation, trying to understand how this might apply to them, why it might not apply to them, they can make better decisions. And today, no one would want to go to a doctor that doesn't understand the fact base. The same thing would apply for recruiters. You don't want to go and work with a recruiter that does not understand 
objectively how you improve your hiring results. Okay, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. That makes perfect sense to me. Okay, so um, if someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I totally get that, uh, but how do I apply a more evidence-based approach? Like, you know, what's one thing that I could do? What would you tell them? I would say the the biggest improvement most organizations can do in terms of their hiring processes is starting to create that feedback loop we were talking about. Okay. But since we already talked about that, let me give your listeners a second pointer as well. Okay. Start applying a structured interview approach where most people go into their hiring processes and they try to wing it. They say like, okay, I can kind of like see a good candidate when I uh, talk to them. And that is a really flawed way of interviewing candidates. What you do want to do instead is take a more thoughtful approach and list your questions in advance, understand what would constitute a good versus a bad answer or response, and go through your interviews in a more structured fashion. And alone by doing that, you can improve your hiring results by a lot. Yeah, I, I so uh, can, can relate to that. I can't tell you how many people I know who, um, they don't ask really good questions that get them the information that they're looking for. They sort of go through, uh, I'll say traditional, sort of a routine process, or they, they have no process. So they sit down with somebody, mm -hmm. they go through their resume, they ask them questions about the resume, and that's it. They don't get a sense of, who is this person? What matters to them? Mm -hmm. You know, how do they approach certain situations? I, I totally get that. I think that is a great suggestion. You know, formalize your process, know what it is you want to know about people. That is great. Right. Most people, to the point you're saying, are having more cocktail party conversations with candidates yeah. and trying to connect with them on yeah. a personal level. And, and guess what? Just because someone's good at connecting with you doesn't mean that they're going to be good at the job. Right. And Patty McCord, the former chief people officer of Netflix, when I talked to her and I asked her, what's, what's the most flawed interview technique that you know of? She, she told me, well, it's the so-called beer test. Do you know what the beer test is, Diane? No. The beer test is essentially when you interview someone you want to see, is this a person I would want to grab, grab a beer with? Oh. Um, and Patty said to that, what if the job is not about drinking beer? <laughs> what if the job is about writing really sophisticated computer code? Um, and I love that. She's so right about that. Yeah. You're, you're not hiring your next lover. You're not hiring your best buddy. You're hiring someone who's going to be really good at the job. That is great. And by following a structured approach to interviewing, uh, research has shown that you can on average improve your hiring results but at, by at least 30%. Yeah, that, that's really great. And, and I will share briefly that when I was um, much younger and not right out of college, but you know, I, I, I had had a job, the company, I had it for, I don't know, a couple of years, company closed. So I was looking 
for another job, I uh, went on an interview and I knew exactly what to say to get the job. <laughs> and I did. And I, it, I lasted a month and I had to go to him and say, I, I have to leave. Like, the, the, I cannot do this job. So I knew what to say to mm -hmm. get it, but I wasn't the right candidate for it at all. And I realized that within 30 days and, and left. And I probably, you know, if I had been asked different questions, we would have come to that conclusion before they ever hired me. Now that is so unfortunate. And I feel companies are doing candidates and themselves such a huge disfavor by playing all these games in the interview process by asking questions and then trying to read between the lines and by when they're following processes like that, um, companies who follow those processes are going to have a huge rude awakening today. Because guess what? Candidates are going and writing those questions on websites like Glassdoor.com. And candidates already know which of those kind of like trick questions they're going to answer or ask and they know what the so-called mm -hmm. right answers that you're listening for are but you're not really getting the right answers. What you're getting is what you wanna hear. Yeah. And put aside all those games and have a real conversation with someone. Yeah. Get the candidate to lower their guards and tell them, you know, it's important for me that you are going to be happy in this role because the employees that we have here are happy. They last for five, 10, 20 years and they do a phenomenal job. So it's good for me, it's good for you. Let's really try to figure out if this is what you wanna do and do away with all those trick questions and have real conversations with candidates instead. That's terrific. I, I am 100% behind that. I, I think that is great. And I, you know, um, Ada, I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with me and sharing this information uh, with my listeners, will you also share with them how they can find you and, and you know, what you've got going on, please? Thanks for asking. Um, they can go on our website, eca-partners.com. They click on my name. They'll find my contact details there. Feel free to reach out with any questions to me. If they click on resources, they can find my book there, or they could also look for my um, book, on Amazon, evidence-based recruiting. Or on Audible, right? Or, or Audible, yeah, yes, I'm also it's on there. Audible. Yes, 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 that's right. So, well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. That You know, we don't talk about this subject enough. Uh, so I am really grateful uh, to Ada for, for spending some time with us and really giving us great information and insights and in how, how to make sure we're getting the right hires, how to do recruiting differently. Uh, and I'd also like to thank audible.com uh, to get your free trial and explore uh, all the audiobooks and programs that are available to you there, including Ada's book. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. And as always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. 
Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.